Welcome to LilyPod episode 13, Miracles That Brought Us Together with Tim and Annie Bishop. Welcome to our program today, another edition of Love in Later Years, LilyPod podcast. And uh, we are happy to have special guests today, Tim and Annie Bishop. And you'll be more introduced to them as this program goes on. But they have a very unique uh, love story about how they met as uh, mid-singles and, and came together. And we heard it actually in another forum and were so inspired by it that we uh, in invited them on this program to, to share that with us. Uh, another interesting side note, Tim is a, a very accomplished artist, uh, drawings mainly, is that right, Tim? Yes. Yeah, and, and we'll talk about that toward the end of the program as well. Uh, can you give us, uh, Tim and Annie, a little background on each of you prior to your relationship? What kind of happened in your life before uh, to help you prepare for this relationship and so on? Yeah, I was 38 when I got divorced. I've only had one divorce. And uh, so I was single for 13 years. I did the mid-singles dating thing for a really long time. Um, tried out all the websites that you could think of, especially the ones that are related to church members. And I almost put that in quotations. <laughs> um, and it, it was hard for 13 years. I had went from one bad relationship to another bad relationship to another bad relationship. And uh, I finally got to the point that I decided I was done. In fact, three days before I was introduced to Annie, I had actually prayed and told Heavenly Father, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm comfortable being single. I can be single for the rest of my life. I'm still willing to move my feet if you provide me direction, but I'm not pursuing it. And I was done. That, that's the basic background is a long I'm, time being single. <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty of mid-singles out there that can relate to that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I still have friends that can relate. To I think that. I met most of them. <laughs> <laughs> and when you talk about like one bad relationship to the next, do you have a, a sense of how long these would last? Was it typically two or three months or six months or what was kind of, how long did these relationships last before you sort of got to an idea that it wasn't going to work? Generally speaking, it was about three months. Hmm. I did have one that was off and on for about three years. That was the last one prior to my prayer. <laughs> and uh, I mean, and, and to say bad relationships, I should qualify that saying incompatible relationships. Uh -huh. we, we were trying to make something work that just wasn't going to work, but we kept trying. Right. And yeah. Because you care about the person and you really would like it to work. Yeah. But ultimately it just doesn't. Yeah. It, it, trying to force something, I think it, it's one thing to say you have to work at it, which is true in any relationship, but trying to force something that isn't really going to, going to work or where you have fundamentally incompatible values or something is. Yeah. Yeah. We had yeah. plenty of those for sure. Yeah. Or you know, good people, just not the right, right match. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think the only bad relationships were two to three dates. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And those ones you know. <laughs> so. Well, yeah. And I, I actually been married twice before. Um, so I had my children all with my first spouse and we basically, that was about 11 years. And then um, had my second marriage, we were uh, married almost 11 years as well. Um, I 
picked really unhealthy relationships because I had unclear boundaries for myself due to um, trauma from when I was younger. I did not see the value in myself and I struggled with my self-worth. When you say younger, do you mean as a child or? Yeah, as a child, um, preteen and teenager. And so um, those, those experience, even as a member, growing up as a member and having very active family, um, parents who, who are very loving, but sometimes you don't talk about those traumas with your loved ones. And um, so they have no idea for a long time of what's actually going on. So they don't understand how the teachings can be emotionally affecting us. And when we have um, things that are occurring in our lives that conflict with the values we're being taught. And so I, um, so I picked really unhealthy spouses. Um, it was really hard um, getting out of my second, mar- my marriage with my second spouse. And so I, um, I, did, I did want to have that healthy relationship. And so I went to all those programs like How Not to Fall in Love with a Jerk or Jerkette, we like to say. Kathy and, read that book actually during yeah, her. Yeah, so it, and that was good for me. Um, but I still found myself like kind of gravitating to that more unhealthy magnetic relationship. Um, I think that's like the, you know, it's partially that Hollywood thing, that worldly perspective is that you should have this huge romance where, you know, you get Twitter pated and you have butterflies and you just, and everything's like so romantic. Um, And that there's a lot of kissing and stuff involved. And I finally for myself came to this point where I had so many triggers Um, And anyone who's dealt with, who has, and I've been diagnosed with um, PTSD and stuff. And so I, um, I kind of hit this point where I'm like, you know, I'd had my one last bad relationship too. And, and the fun part about Tim and I, we have to laugh about is that we were, our friend had tried to introduce us two years before she has this dream, which I'll tell you about. And and we both were in that one last bad relationship that we literally had both told to, her no. <laughs> both told her no, we both had to like figure this thing out with this one person that was so unhealthy for both of us. Tim and I are a lot alike. I think we're the third child. He's, mm-hmm. he's got out of seven siblings, I'm out of four, but we have that same peacemaker syndrome you know, that I think comes along with a third child that we could relate to each other enough. And I could see it in him when we first started communicating. But, um, but anyhow, going back to, I was totally 100% done. I was just like, I, I emotionally can't do this anymore. And I think, and then I had health problems at the time too, um, shortly after she had tried to initially introduce us and and I had come to the point to where we didn't know if I'd be around much longer. So at that point I was really convinced it's okay for me to just plan to live the rest of my life single. However short that might be at the time. Right, I was okay with it. Um, but then there was one point that the Lord, I had this impression, I was driving and I had this really clear impression, I'm trying to prepare somebody for you. And I said, I laughed, I actually um, swore. I said, no way I'm going to do this. No way. I mean, I couldn't do it for somebody else. If I was, if I was the reverse, I'd hit that point emotionally that I just couldn't. I'm like, if I had somebody else with my health issues and I was I knew I'd have to care for them, I couldn't do it. So I couldn't expect anyone else to do it. And and so I fought it, but then um, stayed single for another year and then went to visit some family. And on my way home, they were all trying to convince me I needed to date, that I needed to follow that prompting. And my my really good friend then says, I had a dream. 
she'd known me probably a year less than Tim. So they met and they were friends. Um, art, they had art in common. And so they did murals and stuff together mm -hmm. back in the day. And so she, she's, she says to me, I don't know why I didn't try to set you two up before. And I laughed, he says, you have, you've shown me his profile. And I knew it was, I knew it was gonna be him. I just knew somehow that this was the guy she had this dream about that I was really, really, really happy with. And he was so happy. That's all she could remember. And so um, I think I, I felt that I knew it was, a, it was inspiration for her to have the dream. And I just felt like, okay, I'm gonna go with the flow. I'm not gonna fight it. And I'm just gonna make sure to tell him how awful my life is. And then that way he can make a good educated decision. <laughs> <laughs> and you were still in the thick of health problems at this I point? I was, yeah, I was. I pretty much knew I was through some of the worst. So I no longer, I was improving a lot with my kidneys and stuff. So I no longer had failing kidneys. And I was out of the big scare of going septic. And, and I did have a little bit of issues with that that year before, but but I um, I didn't know how, um, and I actually had a near-death experience prior to us meeting. So I knew I chose to linger and I was told in our blessing, in a blessing that I was given that I would have the choice to linger a little longer or to stay and that the Lord was fine either way with whatever decision I made. And that was very comforting. And I really thought I would choose to go. But once I had my experience, which <clears throat> I really only shared publicly, it, it, you know, in the miracle videos with Doug that, um, I, I knew once I was there on that side and I was giving the opportunity for the savior to take my hand that I was not ready, that I, I could choose to stay, but I had the, I just know in my heart that I needed to come back to finish some things that I would feel better, that I would, I would be actually more prepared for my mission when I, when I did, would be going. And so I, I chose to stay and back in my body, I really wanted a do-over. I, once I was back in my body, you kind of have now the mortal, your mortal <laughs> mind thinks yeah. very differently than your spiritual. Immediate regret. The immediate regret was so intense. Um, well, yeah, part of that is you physically are in your body. You, it's all the pain, everything's brought back. You know, you're just, it's, it's a whole new, um, emotional process you have to go through and and so but I knew the comfort I had was that I was I had stayed partially because I knew I was supposed to be I, I would be, feel better if I found a help meet that I literally could work on being a help meet with somebody that I would help me meet the savior somebody that I could help meet the savior someday I, I appreciate that. And just for the benefit of our listeners, um, I, I've heard Annie use the, the, the words help meet on a few different occasions when she's talked about this experience. And uh, meet in this context, a lot of people think of help meet as help mate. And meet actually in this context is, is an adjective meaning, and I'm quoting Webster's 1828 dictionary, fit, suitable, proper, qualified, convenient, adapted as to a use or purpose. And so kind of like that scripture, you know, it is not meat that I should command you in all things and so on. So, so I think this is very interesting because a help meet for each other would mean sufficient for each other, suitable, proper, qualified for each other, and equal to each other. The right fit. The right fit, like um, um, Tim was talking about earlier in the program. Yeah, it's, it, it really is, and we, we kind of use it 
in its more modern literal sense and we're helping each other meet the savior right. that is the whole goal of of our dating and our marriage is to progress to the same point that we are with the savior we we look at it in, in kind of a triangular um, relationship the savior at the top and we're down at the other two points progressing towards him and you know when we have that ultimate goal of being together who's who's also there when those two points meet it's the savior so that's where we we use help meet as that with that definition that's beautiful um, so yeah it, the I don't know if you want more of the story. Absolutely. You heard her side of the uh, the introduction. I, I, I was one more. Thing. I want to ask her one more thing, and then I okay. would like to hear what what you're about to say. Perfect. But Annie, how long was it after the near death experience that you met Tim? Well, that happened in um, <clears throat> trying to remember if it was June or July, and we met the following may so about 10 months so it was about 10 okay. months and was your health getting better at that point it uh, it was a roller coaster mm. it was a roller coaster i had so many different health things to process to that my body was going through and i think that's to kind of be expected when you've got failing organs basically i had celiac undiagnosed mm, and, I have celiac leaky gut. and so i'd gotten so sickly um i just my immune system was just so shot. I could, it couldn't fight off very much. So I was dealing with a lot of crazy things. Yeah, um, we know all about that actually. Yeah. When Kathy was sick with the same thing the first two years we were married. Oh, and, wow. uh, um, you know, it, and I have celiac too, but it was diagnosed a long time ago. And thankfully early yeah. enough that it didn't do too much damage. Right. Um, we can relate and it uh, it definitely takes a toll on a relationship. So I can understand why you had that concern. Um, yeah. And and also, I'm assuming that you probably also had the concern that you had all that trauma and the PTSD and, and mm -hmm. your body was traumatizing you in addition. Right. Do you feel like you had healed some of that prior to meeting him? Not very much. I mean, I think I was in the thick of it. So I had been, I had become catatonic after a medical procedure, probably two, the two years before the near death mm -hmm. and, and basically started over with a lot of stuff, but the memories that came back were all the hard ones. Mm -hmm. It was all the trauma and it was really challenging because I was reliving. I had done so many years of therapy. I think I had it was after that that I, I felt kind of like I was starting all over again because I was having to relearn how I literally coped with things. Right. And so um, I was, I took, to, went, so what, we'll get to that. But um, at some point when Tim and I decided we were going to date, I made him go to my doctors and all the, you know, stuff because I wanted him to know how hard, how, how, really realistically what to expect mm -hmm. because sometimes when we are think we're in love with somebody right you first get that initial like oh so and we've all had that happen where we think oh this person's going to be a great fit and you realize they're dealing with things that maybe emotionally you're not ready for mm -hmm. and I didn't want him to be caught off guard in any way I didn't want to be caught off guard in any way and so um yeah so I don't know if I answered your question fully yeah. but yeah, that was great. Thank you so much. So Tim, tell Tim, us yeah. your side. Okay. Well, I was, I was at work and I hadn't heard from our friends in probably three or four, well, two years. Um, the last time she tried to set me up with, with Annie and I told her no, that I was actually in a relationship at that time. Um, so I hadn't heard from her and out of the blue, I get a text at work that says, Hey, Tim, how are you doing? And I'm like, fine. And she says, uh, I want you to meet my angel friend. And of course, this is three days after I said my prayer that said I was done. <laughs> um, now, keep in mind, for 13 years, I tried the online dating thing. I never 
gone out with somebody that was actually introduced to me by a friend. Right. So it's basically 13 years of blind dates. <laughs> and uh, I kind of started joking around with her. I said, oh, angel friend, how do, how do I talk to this person? Do I have to pray? I didn't know Annie was sitting right there with her when this was <laughs> and happening. And I am like, what are you doing? I am no angel. <laughs> I'm going to have to like disprove this. So she says, no, but you can, uh, she asked Annie if, if I could Facebook stalk her. I looked her up on Facebook and I was like, okay, yeah, we can meet. Got her phone number. And uh, it took me a day or two to actually call. But we, we messaged on Facebook almost right away. Oh, yeah. No, I sent him the lengthiest text of basically, this is me. Yeah. This is all the crap I'm dealing with. And call it the open book text. The open book text. <laughs> and I am an open book. My life has had to be um, for, and, and that if, if, as long as he didn't mind, he's going to be run through the grill from all my friends and family. <laughs> And he was going to have to be an open book too and be okay with it. Yeah, we had a really long message night. We were up until like two o'clock in the morning, just messaging each other back and forth. And uh, the next morning we woke, when I woke up, I jump on and I'm, I'm saying good morning to her. And I didn't realize it, but it was another one of her friends was playing with her phone. She was reading the, the history. Oh, okay. <laughs> she was reading the message that she we had. She had to make sure this guy was legit. And uh, so I ended up thinking I, I'm messaging Annie. I end up talking to this other friend of hers. And then she, she uh, well, no, your side of it, you knew what she was doing. All I knew is I was talking to you, but she no. then identifies herself. Yeah, because I told her, you better identify yourself because he's not talking to me. She says, what do I do? Like, I oh. accidentally sent a response. And I, I laughed and I told her, well, then you tell him this is Annie's friend, Don. I am going through your thread and I'm checking out who you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. So, yeah, she had she had angels here on Earth that were. Uh, watching out for <laughs> so you're going to make sure that this wasn't another bad bad relationship to get into right after that initial texting and when was this you said july may this was, was may. may 24th is when we started texting may 24th when was your first date uh the sunday after that okay so about after the meet I asked her initially to meet me at Temple Square. And this is another thing that was a first. That was always the initial thing is you meet, you both meet somewhere. So if it doesn't go well, you can both escape. So, But my health was, was at the point to where I couldn't always drive. I didn't always physically have the stamina, cognitively or physically. Um, and so I... She just goes, yeah, you can come pick can me come up. Pick me up. <laughs> and I, I said, what? We haven't even met, and you want me to come to your house? <laughs> but going back a little bit, this is where we were at. We had been communicating on the phone, so we had we communicated through the messenger and text, and then he, he Tim had a very important question because for him to date somebody serious, and I told him, I. I have one of my children, my in their 20s. So my children are all in their 20s, getting close to 30 now. Um, and had given me some advice because they'd watched me go through hard marriages. And they wanted me to be happy. And they wanted me to have a healthy relationship. And so the advice I was given was you need to know by the third date, mom. And if by the third date, this person doesn't feel like they don't have they they don't show red flags of being not who they say they are at this point then you can continue dating but if there's any red flags just get out no no excuses no reasons just get out it's not healthy and so i was kind of following that lead and and um tim was you know was 
really appropriate in every every aspect. He was a gentleman, I could tell. This was somebody who was he lived a very different life than than either of my previous spouses or anyone I dated because he didn't just talk the talk, he walked the walk. And and when he his first important question he wanted to ask me was if I would be willing to pray and read scriptures with him. And he'd done this with all of his previous dates. I was told no for 13 years. Well, Nobody would do it. Anyone with me. he it's, wanted. Yeah, it was too surprising. soon. It was uncomfortable. There was a lot of, you know, and maybe and that's that's okay. And that's where some people are. But for Tim, what he wanted was somebody that was going to be comfortable while dating, praying, and doing scripture study together. When she said yes, how did that make you feel, Tim? Oh, I was elated. I was like, finally, this is going to be good. And it's funny, I got the initial idea from my friend, the friend that introduced us when yeah. she was dating her spouse. Um, uh, we were doing artwork together and we were talking about that. That's a whole funny story in itself. But we were talking about the things that we were looking for in in relationships and she goes oh this guy i'm dating right now is so cool because we read scriptures and he calls me every night and says a prayer with me before we go to we go to bed and i thought that that that's what i want i want that exact thing so i started asking people i'd known her for 12 years before i met annie and uh I'd asked every time, and this was the first time somebody was excited to actually do it. He didn't tell me, oh, no, that's too uncomfortable. Yeah. And so we started then. We started that day. And so I kind of felt like, you know, when he asked if we could go meet at the temple, I'm thinking, I'm okay with you taking me to the temple. Yeah. I think my question was, if it's not too cheesy, <laughs> and this how is about the we meet at Temple Square? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. I, I, you know, I hadn't thought of it this way until talking to you two, but we actually read the Book of Mormon together when we were dating, but she was the first dating partner I did that with. And it yeah. wasn't something I deliberately decided, you know, in advance I was going to do, but I do think that bonded us though. Right. Yeah. Well, see, we decided early, Annie actually brought it up. We decided early that we were not going to base our relationship off of the physical right and that's a big part because i'm i struggled with that i still was like i don't even know if i can kiss yet like emotionally it was just too challenging <laughs> i'll tell you she gave know, really good hugs i know specifically <laughs> there are people in our audience who have that fear like you're talking about right trauma from, from past, trauma, relationships. past relationships right uh, and I honest, I told him, I says, I don't even know if I can go there. I don't know if or when. I know it's a part of a healthy relationship and, it, and there should be better boundaries than there have been in my past. And so Tim was just a gentleman. He says, you know what, it's your body and I think we should do whatever you feel comfortable with. And, I, and so when I asked him, here it is May, and I, my doctor had me scheduled to go on a special women's retreat. <clears throat> which actually is held here in Utah, um, called Haven. And I, and I, it was, it, I knew I was going October and I wanted to wait to kiss until after I had enough emotional stuff that I, cause I knew I'd run. And I told him, I will flat out run. I won't know how to deal with the emotions. If you try to kiss if me, you, I'm out of here. I'm out. <laughs> and he says, okay, we had so much pressure from our oh, friends yeah. to like why why not and i'm like because and we're okay it's all right we're good how do you know and and when i asked him when it came closer to october and i said what if i can't kiss till we are married what did you, what was your response i said i thought about it for a minute and i thought how magical would that be that was his response so i was like <laughs> okay you're a keeper okay i i can do this and literally it was just I needed to know he would wait and he did he waited until the day we were married at the altar 
Wow. For us to kiss. And we, no, we, we had, had three or four opportunities where it, we came close, but we did not. He did. <laughs> I was like, this is close enough to kiss, but you know, you're standing there face to face and we just, we both. Everyone asked us, how do you know you're going to be compatible? Um, he, his bishop even was like, are you sure? I think maybe you guys should try kissing before because yeah. like, how do you know? What if you guys get married and you're like, no, this isn't going to work. How do you know if there's a spark? I said, trust me, there's, there's a spark. spark. <laughs> there's, the spark was growing for me and because oh, yeah. of the trust. And so it was, so I wasn't scared to kiss him, but I was, but by the time we got married, I was terrified because I was, I was like, I'm not afraid to kiss you now, but I have all this pressure. We have like over 90 mm. people that are going to be here at our ceiling and everyone knows this is our first kiss. <laughs> I've got all this pressure. We've got witnesses. Now. Got right. witnesses. <laughs> so how was it? Uh, oh, she did. <laughs> She did good. So I had he, to put humor in it. He finally said, you know, you can kiss the bride, basically. And uh, Annie leaned in and she put her hands on my cheeks and gave me a peck on the nose. I brought his head down and I pecked his nose really quick and pushed his head back and just stared, smiled at him. He's just grinning ear to ear. <laughs> and everyone is like, what? And so then I take, I'm still holding his cheeks and I pull his cheeks in and we kiss ah, a good minute or two. Yeah. And then the, the, uh, the sealer says, now that is entirely appropriate. While we were still <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. There's a lot of oohs and ahs. So the fireworks are going off in the ceiling room. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. It, it was, it was magical. It was. That's yeah. Cool. And I mean, you said it would be, and then it was yeah magical. it was it was good yeah and and the whole time we date we dated and we were engaged the whole time it was just peaceful it was just this steady and when i would start to get anxiety like maybe i should call this off because that's just some that's just something you're going to go through with the kind of trauma and i know there's going to be a lot of men and women who will relate to that mm -hmm. what i could do because we did scripture and we did the prayer i could always go back to that this is different this is calm, this is peaceful, this is safe. And I always would soothe myself to sleep thinking about how nice it felt when Tim hugged me, like it just felt safe. Yeah. You know, I, I wanna explore that a little more for a second because we, we've written in our book about how virtually every mid-single person we met during our mid-single years including ourselves, had some trauma from past relationships or from childhood or, I mean, when you're fishing in the pond of most, you know, a lot of the people are divorced, you're gonna find that, I think. Um, and then you're, you have trauma from things like Tim went through where 13 years of trying and not getting anywhere and um, feeling like, you know, is this ever gonna happen? I think there's a certain amount of, of trauma in that. And so we've, we've told people, it's not so much finding someone with no triggers or finding someone who won't trigger you. It's really about finding someone you can create a safe place with um, when you are uh, traumatized. And you've described a lot of that with Tim, you know, saying he was okay to wait until you were comfortable. And, you know, as far as kissing and things, um, Tell me a little more about like what the two of you did to help each other feel safe, you know, beyond what you've, you've already mentioned. And I just wanted to really quickly before that mention that the book uh, Jeff is talking about is called Intentional Courtship and it's coming out this fall. And it was really fun okay. to hear you tell a real life story about what we discuss in principle in that book. Right. Oh. Yeah, I, I think to answer your question that when we started dating, in fact, on our first date, we took our scriptures out. They were on our phones, but Annie suggested that we read Alma 32. Mm. Alma 32 is the allegory of the, the seed of faith. Right. And we based our relationship. And she says, while we're reading this, we should think about relationships and our relationship in particular 
on how we're going to, to grow it from a seed. Yeah. And, Sorry, I keep going. And we, so we read through on Temple Square in front of the Christus. And if I remember, I was soaking wet from a, a downpour. He was embarrassed. Okay. Yeah, that whole first date was loaded with funny things that happened. <laughs> we, uh, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell a story. She brought picnic lunch and it was delicious. And it was, we ate on the courtyard that's west of the, or east of the temple and then decided to go and take a walk to Temple Square. Well, I offered to take all of the picnic stuff back to the car while she went into the North Visitor Center and waited for me. Cause I think you had to use a restroom. Oh yeah, and, physically it was, yeah. And the car was parked around the, the north side of the um, conference center on a hill. So it was a, it was a trek. I, so I grabbed all the stuff. She got inside the North Visitor Center. By the time I got to the North Gate of Temple Square, I heard a huge thunderclap and just a downpour of rain. Wow. Almost like just where I was standing. I got drenched. <laughs> and by the time I got back to the car, the rain had stopped. The sun was coming back out. I thought, I am soaking wet. <laughs> and now I'm going to have to go back in there and I, I thought about going to the bathroom and trying to use the blow dryer to dry myself <laughs> off and uh, take too long so I just walked in there dripping wet and I tried to sit away from her so I didn't get her wet too and she just pulled me in and said no so I said but I'm I'm wet she says I don't care <laughs> little water's not gonna hurt me your yeah. your tree got watered like in alma 32 <laughs> we got that seed just nice and soaked and then we read this we read the scriptures through we read the whole chapter of alma 32 and decided we're going to base our relationship off of planting this seed this is us planting the seed and you must uh, have this at this time. profound on that first date if that, that was your first date right Right. Yeah. And we, you were already we, planning out how you were, what you were going to base your relationship And God on. had watered you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you and know, he was cute. I can tell he was embarrassed. You, you mentioned Alma 32 because my second marriage counselor, uh, and this was, was with my, my kid's mom, but she, he actually told us, if you take Alma 32 and, and replace faith with love, everywhere that yeah. the word faith occurs you'll see how to grow a strong relationship right and uh, of course my former wife and I didn't make it even though we'd been together a long time uh, but I I have found that with Kathy uh, that if we follow that and we nurture it along the way and we don't expect you know huge changes all at one time but we you know we had a two-year you know, winding road courtship before we got married. But I, I think Alma 32 was, is really profound that way. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and it's really still what we base our relationship on because we realized we both had, we, we both grew up in, you know, imperfect families. We have very different backgrounds from our families, um, but we have the, we've have the gospel in common but that's not enough always. No. And one of the things that with Tim and I shared with him was that this is me, you know, I'm, I know I'm not perfect, but I, I can commit to, you know, when I hit that point where I commit to somebody, I'm loyal and I will stick it through and I will do everything to make a relationship work. I did with my first two relations, my first two spouses, but I, I didn't have it in me to go through the trauma anymore that I needed peace. I needed comfort in knowing that, you know, that even though, and I knew that I wasn't the only one who needed this. I, I feel like we all need to know there's peace that no matter how hard things get, cause you have no control in life. That's the one guarantee there's, yeah. we, we can't control and we don't know what all is always going to happen to us, but we can control our attitudes. 
we can choose, we get the choice of how we're going to respond. And I told him, if, if, I, if you're willing to commit to always working it out, I can commit, even with knowing all my PTSD and all my trauma and stuff, I know I will commit, but you're gonna have to know it's not gonna be easy. And I'm gonna, and I pretty much have, I, I think I hit a point where I, if something's triggering me, I try to, before I'm in that really, you know, emotional state of what I like, I say, look, this isn't okay for me. And I, we have to work this out. So this, and it, it took Tim the first couple of times we were married, or I don't know if it happened before we were married to like really get that. I'm not ever saying we're going to get, we're separating. When I say I can't do this, it means I can't do what is happening right now. Doesn't mean I'm going to leave because that is not, that's not an option in my mind anymore. That's not creating the safe that's, place. Either. Yeah, that's not. So our safe place is knowing we're working through it. No matter how hard it is, we're going to work through it and we're going to get through it. And I think that's where I get the peace. Well, it's, it's always a growing experience. You know, anybody that says the marriage is your destination is a little off. They, they need to reevaluate things because marriage is a continuation of a journey and you're just lucky enough to do it with somebody you love. And you're still going to have hard times. We, we still have periods where we aren't communicating well, but Annie usually reigns me in and <laughs> um, yeah, we, we did grow up in very different backgrounds. Uh, right now we're in a situation where we're living closer to her family and so we, we get to know each other in, in new ways all the time right. new things come up and you, and you go well this is I haven't experienced this before so and it, it really is holding on to that seed of faith which can be love or charity or patience and for me, working through my emotion, I'm a very emotional person. And when we have a, a struggle, I have to be very careful. I, I've always been taught to control my emotions and not just let it out. So I, I'm very introspective. Um, I guess I've been told that I'm an introvert. She's more extroverted. And Annie is will be right out point blank telling me what what she's thinking and I'm more of the oh well I'm going to think about this for a while before I respond so there, there's constant we're always learning our communication um, I remember hearing Elder Holland say once that you know he and Pat had been married for 35 years does he know everything about her no he's still learning things but he knows 35 years worth. He knows right. what her he likes are, what her dislikes are. And he knows what can hurt her. He knows exactly what he can do to hurt yeah. her. That talk, we actually quote that talk in our book, which is. That's I cool. love that talk. I, I listen to it. I refer it to people. <laughs> so, You know, I love how intentional you do your marriage. It's such a good example, actually, of what we encourage and what we're doing as well. Um, the reason we wrote intentional courtship is because we believe it leads to intentional marriage. And you did that. I mean, you purposely asked the question that was important to you. You found that she said yes. And then you bonded with that and then continued it in your marriage. And that's awesome. And not only that, you've, you've figured out part of the solution to creating a safe place is that trust in each other and that mutual commitment that you've made to, we're not going our separate ways, whatever it comes up, we're gonna work it out. Right. And, uh, and it, you know, and to really work on it. And, and that seems to create a, a, a very safe relationship where you know that person's not gonna just be gone when they get frustrated. Well, and progression. I love what you said about, you know, marriage isn't the destination even though it was super magical as you described yeah. it, 
it wasn't the destination. It was this journey you were starting together, totally loyal, like Annie was talking about and committed to making it work and finding joy together. Yeah. yeah. Another component of this that I would like to, to ask you about, um, Annie has mentioned a few different times that like right from the beginning, basically, she disclosed her health issues mm -hmm. and that she told you, Tim, that uh, this wasn't going to necessarily be easy because she has PTSD issues that have to be worked with and, and so on. But the thing I'm asking, I, I'm pointing out is authenticity that she was very vulnerable with you in saying, here are the ways you could hurt me. Here are the ways that you, you know, like Elder Holland talked about, here are the things that, that are scary about me to some people. So what are you gonna do with that? You know, and, and it, it seems like, and Annie, I'd, I'd like to ask, you know, what's in your heart about this, but it seems like if people can see the quote unquote warts, early yeah. in the relationship and accept that you feel much safer that they're accepting the real you good bad ugly you know all of it mm -hmm. rather than just the face you're putting on on a day right yeah because i learned in how not to fall in love with a jerk or jerk it that um we put it's just natural we're gonna put on our best face we're going to show our best qualities possible when you're in when you're dating right. and it's and i've learned myself from dating with guys that i you know when they did that that until i got to know them a little bit longer sometimes we ourselves tend to put our own impression into it and i um i honestly just feel like that the, the, my guardian angels maybe helped inspire me because I've been able to be patient in ways. I didn't think it was possible to be patient, you know, as a spouse. And I think that's part of the protection of praying and doing scriptures and, and striving to, to, you know, involve the Lord, putting the Lord first. That was the other mm -hmm. thing we decided when we got, when we started dating was that it was important that you that we allowed the other person to put the Lord first always. That the Lord came before we did. And and that um so I think that's part of that process. And and so we've been able to be more compassionate ways. I know I have been. I've been able to soften and be more, get back to kind of more my true self, is what we call it. Um where you're charitable and compassionate and loving. And um, I don't know. I think one of the things Annie said early on in our, our relationship, um, before we had committed to each other, shall we say, you know, we're gonna give this a try. And and if if it doesn't work out with us, we may not be the right for each other, but we can help prepare each other for the right person. So even in that sense, there was a sense of purpose to actually doing this and dating, but there wasn't the pressure of, you know, I, I met women and dated the, the second date, they're talking about picking out China. Yeah. You know, they're, they're just so wanting to get married right now that, and I wasn't comfortable with that ever. But the fact that there wasn't, we we planted a seed. We knew the steps that we would need to take to help this seed grow. And, but yet if there was a time when either of us felt that it wasn't the right thing, to getting there would be no animosity yeah no anger it would just be you know what we're friends and we can move on as friends so i think we really established that first of course it didn't take us long to realize that this is going beyond that 
-hmm. that we had the commitment and we wanted the commitment to be there because we we've talked about finally getting married in July. Yeah, I think we talked in July. We didn't set a date till October. And what year was it? 2018. 2018. Okay. That's so, the year we got married too. You, so you yeah. met in May and then started talking about marriage in July. And then when were you married? In December. December, which was a lot sooner than I wanted to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, but, I, just, I was just thinking about a couple of things that you said just now. Um, one of them is that you you read that the best way to is to be authentic with your partner rather than put on a show. But you know, I was just thinking, you know, we want to be our best self, not just present our best self, but be our best self. The impression that you both already were doing that yourselves. And then you come together and you're doing it together. And um, that uh, part of being authentic is like you said, being your true self, your true self is compassionate and loving and kind. And those are wonderful qualities on a date that are genuine. Mm -hmm. well, and one thing I learned too, was that through the process was that, um, sorry, I'm drawing up some blank now. Go ahead. <laughs> you had a question, Jeff. You had a question, go well, ahead. Oh, actually, I was also going to say is that um, you mentioned the book a couple of times, How Not to Marry a, a Jerk or yeah. Jerk. And I, um, Jeff, the other day actually mentioned in a comment uh, that we should write the book, How to Marry and Not Be a Jerk. <laughs> I like that. I like that idea. Because nobody thinks, you know, it seems like in the dating world, Tim, you were there 13 years, but it seems like everybody describes their partner as the jerk. No one ever mm -hmm. feels like they were the jerk. And Honestly, one of the biggest breakthroughs Kathy and I had uh, in our dating years was realizing, now nah, I was a jerk sometimes too. You know, <laughs> I wasn't as fully developed as I would have liked to have been. And if I'm really honest, you know, it doesn't mean my former, you know, former wife was perfect. She was not, but I know I had growing to do. So yeah, we all do. Yeah, and it, it, it's helpful if, if somebody believes that they have nothing, no involvement in a divorce, that it's all the other person. Yeah, you steer clear of those people. <laughs> yeah, because so to meet people who take responsibility and ownership of right. their yeah. own stuff. But in fact, I loved it when Annie asked me, she said, so what did you learn from your divorce? I said, how to be single. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, learned what you didn't well, it, want right really if if you're not if you haven't learned from the relationship and this is not just divorce but it's also in in the 13 years of dating I think there's things I could learn from every one of those relationships that fell apart whether it was about myself or about what I was looking for or who I was looking for and if you haven't taken time to actually evaluate that you're going to keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again. You're going to be Einstein's um, definition of insanity. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and the you same probably thing feel the way that we do. And that is that we're better partners for each other than we were for yeah. our other spouses. And that's yeah. mainly just because of experience. It's not because we didn't want to be good spouses, but life right. taught us how to be better. Right. And yeah. we took that opportunity to do that. I think what you said about, I learned to be single, it sounds funny, but <laughs> I think even in marriage, we need to know how to be single because right. otherwise we put too much of a burden on the other person to meet our needs and make us happy. Exactly. And no other person can really do that for us. They can augment our happiness if mm -hmm. we're already happy. But you know, if there's times when there's things Kathy just has to do for herself when I would like her attention, I know how to make myself happy as an individual without needing Kathy to be here right now at this moment to meet my needs. And I, I think that that takes a lot of pressure. We don't overload the relationship as much right? Um, with a lot of expectations. So that's, and That's the good news for all uh, that are listening <clears throat> out there is that if you learn how to do single well, you can do have marriage, a better marriage well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, 
I completely agree because I feel like it's the reason why we're able to get through the hard times. Yeah, you, you mentioned the word expectations. Um, that, that word all in itself is, is a huge key. Um, I think if you're going in with high expectations of anybody or expecting somebody to be your ideal, right, you're going to be sorely disappointed. I had someone tell us, in fact, her, her brother talked to us before we got married. And uh, he mentioned the expectation thing. He says, if, if you have solid expectations of somebody, they're not always going to meet those expectations and inevitably you're going to be disappointed. So, so the best thing to do is not to have an expectation. We read a book um, about a year ago that talked about expectations that you have of people. And it said the only, only thing you can expect of people is that they will be people. Yeah. That's it. That's the only expectation you can realistically have is that they're just going to be who they are. Right. That's excellent counsel. And, and I have to tell you, you know, we're not perfect because we still no. have catch ourselves in those expectations, but it's been helpful for us to stop and process and to knowing that, okay, we're going to give each other space. We're not going to be perfect. We're going to grow together. And, you know, it's like I'm on one end of the spectrum, he's on the other end. And the goal really is to come towards the middle. Yeah. You know, as we're going up that triangle, you know, we're getting closer. And having clarity on some of those issues is really helpful to be intentional about how you're going to show up in your marriage and in life, I think. Yeah. Now, one other thing I want to point out for the benefit of our audience that Tim said a minute ago is you know that you were going to learn and prepare each other for for marriage in some ways whether or not it was to each other okay. one thing that i experienced that was kind of frustrating during my mid single dating years is the person i would go out on one date with and they would be running off to the temple to pray about whether i was the one and you know in a way wanting to rush yeah you know know the end from the beginning right now and, and I never found that to be particularly helpful. It's kind of trying to rush the process. Right. And I think what Tim was saying is about watering that seed and doing the experiment to see if it's a good seed. I think you have to do the work first and then the Lord will show up and give you the confirmation that, that is necessary. But you're going to stay in the relationship until you've learned what you need to learn from it, or it progresses to marriage. But I don't think necessarily after the first date, well, I don't want to waste my time if this isn't the one. I think that's a little misguided. Um, you know, I think we have to do our part to get to know the person and so forth. Yeah. And the first. expectation that we're going to be human and we're going to have our path and that we have to be on the path and not expect all the answers to come all at once right. right it's a progression so i have a really pointed question we're kind of winding this up but i want to ask annie was tim worth coming back from paradise for <laughs> yes oh, you're setting that yes. up <laughs> <laughs> yes i've i've had my moments just in you know with my health or whatever where i'm like i'm not sure but when it comes to our relationship, absolutely. That's where my peace comes. That's where, when, when I'm having really hard other challenges in life and I've, we've had plenty of them, you know, I think everyone has. Um, I've always had this just reassurance in the, in the peace that comes over my soul. When I think about the fact that I have my eternal companion that I'm growing with now, even in our hard times. And we do therapy, we do marriage therapies where we can learn tools and all that kind of stuff. Like we do these things to continue to grow in a healthy direction. So, I mean, those are all part of having, I think, a, a good relationship. Mm -hmm. Reading things or just having a really good therapist. 
Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I it gives me so much peace. For Tim, that okay. parallels with Probably all of her concern, me. with all of her concern about her health issues and not wanting to burden someone with that. How do you feel about stepping into that situation knowing fully what she was dealing with? I, I wasn't hesitant. I, you know, there are challenges in it. Um, I, I've experienced Annie being's catatonic um, just for a brief period of time. And it, it just, it opens my heart. I, I love being able to care for her, about her. Um, there was something that she told me before we got married. And, and in fact, as we, when she expressed all of her, her health issues and told me her concerns with it, um, she has a, a DNR, do not resuscitate order that we keep on the refrigerator. Um, and she told me flat out, she said, you know, I chose to come back, but if I am presented with that opportunity again, I'm going. And as her spouse, I look at, the, I, I think about that often. If she is called home, I have to love her enough to let her go knowing that that is what her choice is. Is there a sense in that also that, you know, I mean, we have, we've all got an expiration date on this earth and none of us know for sure when that's coming, but is there a sense in having that be more real with Annie because of the, the things she's been through? Is there a sense that every day is precious when you're together? For the most part, yeah. I think there are periods that we, we kind of forget. We get caught up in life and, and things that are going on and we kind of forget to make, to focus on the precious part of it. You know, I, I but, felt chills all over my body when you said that. You had to love her, you have to love her enough to let her go and you have accepted that. And it's such a beautiful love story. <laughs> thank you so much for sharing this with us i think it'll yeah, be really great for our be a huge blessing for yes. our audience and thank you so it, it just we want to give you the last word so is there anything else you would like to say to mid singles out there that will give them hope or help them see their path forward more clearly anything you, you would like to say that you haven't said already i think just one thing that I would let them know is that there's no perfection in marriage. It's, it's hard yeah. and you, you can be happy and you'll have times when you're not happy. And to have the fantasy in your head that you're going to get married to the perfect person and live the perfect life for the, the rest of forever and just be blissfully happy is delusional. Yeah. We all struggle, even in love, even in the deepest love, you'll have trials and struggles. So don't, don't put that pressure. Well, but, and it's through those trials and struggles that you grow closer. You know, um, I'll just say real quick, I wasn't initially physically attracted to Tim when we first you know, we're, we're dating. I don't know that I, I, but I had so many issues. I don't know if I could have with anyone, but, but over time, you know, as you build that trust, I mean, my love for him has grown so deep that when I see him, I just think he's the most adorable man on earth. I am just so, my heart is so drawn to him. And that sometimes that's, so don't think you have to go on first impressions, physical impressions too. You may be yeah. surprised. Yeah, with her help, I've lost 80 pounds since we got married. That's amazing. And you've both gotten healthier together. Yeah, right? I've gained weight. <laughs> <laughs> so you're both a lot healthier together. Yeah. And that's wonderful. Yeah. No, I mean, Tim yeah. even looks slimmer than during that video that Doug did, the miracles video. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> it seems like you've you've um, yeah. marriage has agreed with you. Yes, you look <laughs> yes. very healthy and and happy, and that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and that's something that everyone around who 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 was close to me has noticed, and has just been so happy. I think it's been good for everyone yeah. to see see us in love and see what being in love does even through its hard times it does help you heal yeah our friend's dream is, is coming true we are very happy we are very happy That's awesome. even even though we've had lots of hard trials we are very happy that's amazing well we want to thank you for tim and annie bishop for being on our program today it's been so inspiring to to have you here and we want you to know, uh, our audience, that we appreciate you coming and being here too, to share this story. And if you uh, uh, want more love in your life, it's always the right time. So thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next time. Subscribe to LilyPod to get notice of each new weekly episode. If you enjoy what you heard, share with those you love. For more information about our organization and services, visit loveinlateryears.com.